All right. Welcome to the fourth recording of the Recovery Podcast. We're fourth, isn't it? Fourth? Yeah, fourth. Uh, we took a break last week for the Super Bowl, and there was something else going on. What else was going on? Sickness. Sickness, yes. We've all been incredibly sick. Uh, it's lingering for me. Um, Dad, I think you're, you might be the last, the last one to fight it, I think. Um, Although mom, mom's not too bad either. Yeah. Um, all three kids now are getting better. I'm getting a bit of it, but, uh, Jeanette, my wonderful spouse, um, she's going to be, uh, she's now four, three or four days with it. She actually went to Ottawa. So, um, I'm with the kids. I was, I was nervous about, I didn't want to miss another, uh, recording tonight, but, um, with the kids, it's tricky. So we do have the uh, monitor. You might hear that explode at some point, and I'll have to take off. But this is just the nature of what this podcast is. Um, I will say uh, we still have no uh, more equipment. We're, we're rolling with the phone, but I'm, I'm enjoying it because it's so simple. We just uh, fire this mm. phone down between us and hit record. I like that. Yeah. Um, and I think the audio is decent enough that uh, people that do want to listen can. So, uh, what else? Um, before I guess we get into your week, I'll just update everyone on uh, the progress of this. Um, I've uploaded the three episodes so far to um, the uh, podcast uh, website. So, that's getting ready. Um, the actual website uh, for the family show, which is um, the one that uh, Jeanette and I are working with, and this podcast will be sort of under that umbrella, is, uh, I showed you the other night. It's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost ready to go. <clears throat> yeah. So all the parts are coming together and then hopefully we can um I can start throwing this out soon. I'd also like to uh because I feel like A I'm learning all all this um now, uh pretty late in life in terms of like how do you market? How do you get people to like listen and check out your stuff because there's a lot of good stuff out there that doesn't get listened to. A lot of talented people out there that don't, you know, rise above so I think it comes down to like promotion and and you know letting people know about your stuff so I've been thinking a lot more about that and I do feel like with our new internet it'd be nice to try uh, the live um, like the live feed yeah like the, the Facebook live so if we sort of set it up even with just maybe a few like maybe Heather and like uh, you know get Jen to check in and just see how the feed is like from right from here yeah. And then we can, um, whether we do it on the day of the podcast, where we can just say, hey guys, we just, like, after we record the podcast, we can say, hey guys, we just recorded this, and, you know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of the topics we touched on, like, we'll we'll figure it out, but um, there's just so many, uh, so many opportunities to do that. So, um, things are coming along, and uh, how was, uh, how was your week? Uh, It was, it was good, like I say, I've been... You know, uh, back playing hockey again, so that's always good for me. Yeah. Um, but it's been pretty good. I got uh, a couple of projects done for one for Jennifer and working on a few things for me. I started the the painting for the cover of the book. Yeah. <clears throat> which could be. Oh, I didn't take that picture for you today. It could be bad or it could be good. I haven't figured out yet. We'll have <laughs> to get there. Yeah. This will be my uh, uh, fifth painting of all time. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. It's just typical me. I I I I'm not bad at it. I just don't do it enough to be really really good at it. But right. Anyway, we'll see how it turns out. And I mean, there's other options too. It'd be nice to personalize it, you know, with your own piece of artwork, right? Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know. And I got some real a really cool idea, and I I don't know if I've talked about it before, but. Oh my God! It must be thirty years ago, uh, out in the old Centerville Hall, the AA Hall out there, there was a painting. And it uh, it it showed a guy inside a bottle, 
uh, reaching up uh, in agony, and there was a hand reaching down, and the hand said AA. So I've kind of taken that idea that's stuck in my brain, and I'm going to do a painting, my interpretation of that, Mm -hmm. uh, but more so instead of AA, it'll be recovery, because I think addiction covers a lot of ground. Yep. But I I was just thinking today, and, and the way I'd like to do it is like, the the hand of a uh, hand of a, a hand of recovery reaching down from a, a lighter uh, spot, mm-hmm. the bottle sitting on the edge mm. of a table, and below that the black abyss. So yeah. that's kind of my my visual. Yep. Whether I can pull that off or yeah. not, time will tell. Well, we can pull it off in one way or another. If yeah. you're not happy with the painting, I mean, there's yeah. ways to Photoshop and do all that stuff. So. Yeah. No, but I'd I'd kind of like to do my own thing. But yeah, agreed. Hey, I'm not. I I don't want to hold everything up due to that fact. Yeah. And most of the uh, things I've read on publishing and stuff like that, even the guy that I've contacted. Uh, they basically would like to know what you want on the cover and, and the back cover of your book. So right, and uh, oh, I, I didn't even tell you this, but my buddy Dunk, mm. my my my, your writing pen pal, my writing pen writing pen pal, he uh, he wrote a, a chapter in his latest uh, book and uh, on on addiction, and he dedicated it to me. Get out of town. Yeah, so that, I thought oh, wow. that was pretty neat. That's very cool. Yeah, wow. so I'll have to get him to, I'd love to get him to do a forward for the book or something. Yeah, you know? well, that's what I was saying. He'd be a good one to do it, because <clears throat> just from the beginning, he's, yeah, been, he's been following right, right into it. But again, that just shows, like, you know, this is somebody you don't, you don't know this guy. You don't no. know this guy from Adam. No, no, he no. happened to check out your stuff, and, yeah. you know, loved it enough to dedicate a piece of his own work to it. So, yeah. to me, that just shows you, like, yeah. you know, what you're doing is worthwhile, what you've done is worthwhile, um, you know, and that it, it has broad appeal. So, mm. it's hard for us, though, I feel like, uh, it's, it's hard for us to maybe... I wouldn't say come to grips with that, but maybe accept that fact. I think both of us are kind of cut from the same cloth where we're just like, ah, it's, yeah, we'll put it out. But I mean, it's not, you know, who who can say what it what it would be. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of my my burn. Which I, I think is the bad, it's not a bad way to do it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, I, I feel like it might limit how much we actually get behind our own stuff. Yeah, possibly. You know? Yeah, because if I, if I had really... Uh, it's not that I don't believe in what I've done, because I do. It, it's just, I guess the whole reason the starting out was more of a personal thing. Yeah. And it it uh, it has taken on a life of its own. So I, I guess I owe it to the people who have have uh, thought it would be a good thing to get out there, to get it out there. So I guess that's just something I'm going to have to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's part of the process that we can both kind of go through, because that's yeah. also the part that I fall well short on yeah but uh i met with um i met with a producer who actually has a production company um downtown and uh, i've been like peripherally aware of him um when uh, jeanette and i were working on the original version of the family show a few years ago he was working on some stuff that was it got a bit of traction locally and since then he's really built he's built himself a, an actual you know production company and uh They've um they've pitched some shows to like uh, the History Channel and things like that and there's one lo- uh, uh recently that they've actually gotten like not not just good feedback on but it looks like it's moving forward and so him and I sat down for a coffee the other day and I was telling them about and I think I mentioned this on the podcast the the Jay Malone story idea mm. where 
uh, I don't know if I got into it, but um, basically the idea where you know the Robert McDonald character has to dig Jay Malone up out of a out of the ground uh, three years after putting him there <laughs> because he's like, hey man, I got we got to make money. My plans didn't work, so uh, you got to get back on stage. <laughs> he's like a corpse laying in the ground, and he's just like super pissed off. He wants nothing to do with it, and then he finally convinces him to come out. And they're sitting at the table, and he's like, what's our situation? It's like, well, let's see. Uh, we have uh, three children, and uh, we're living in Berwick with my parents. And he's like, Jesus Christ, what am I supposed to do with that? So it's fun, because I get to play, like, <coughs> two caricaturized versions of myself. And I was thinking about it last night, and I feel mm-hmm. like um, <clears throat> if I was able to get my buddy uh, Aaron Peerless from Phantom FX, he could actually, like, I'd like Rob McDonald to look like maybe give me a beard or something do you know what I mean like mm. a, a beard and some like long hair kind of make him really like uh, this meditation children's book author shithead you know what I mean yeah, he's yeah. just like yeah. everything's fine listen it's gonna be okay and then be the Jay Malone character who just comes in right from Los Angeles clean shaven yeah. uh, wears black and just rips him incessantly about his nonsense yeah. um, so I think it uh, there's a lot of anyway he really liked it and it, I, I came home and I just pitched it to him verbally, and when I came home, uh, he sent me a text, and he'd already done a storyboard for the idea, so he's, like, right into it, so, you know, it'd be nice to get that going, because I've been talking about it now for a couple years, so, um, I feel like if, you know, if you're talking about something for a while, and it just keeps coming back, it, it, there might be a reason for that, so. Well, I think it, I, you know, the, it, it is such a interesting story, both from, both from the comedic side of it, but also just from the idea of, of what you guys have tried to do. Yeah. And I think it needs to be told. I mean, and also, you know, like the, the highs and the lows of it, you know, the, the, all of that stuff. But I, I, I don't think it's a story that I think it's a story that would resonate with the, you know, like your generation now. And, and, uh, well, it really speaks to what I'm trying. I think what I'll end up what it'll try to be at least is like it's almost like your external persona and then you know I guess who you are when the doors are closed and mm. you're with your family and you know what I mean because there's a big difference unfortunately uh, you know um, between who who we sort of say we are and you know who we actually really are like what are the real things we're struggling yeah, with that's and, interesting um, and so it, just for me from the way my own life has shaken out I have a very clear uh, split with those two um, people, and I don't say I'm, I'm not saying I have a split personality because you know it was much less nefarious than that. But just the way I got the name, mm. basically right when I started this crazy thing that I never thought I would ever get into. Right? Like <clears throat> even you said you never saw me being in front of the cameras. No, I was always drawing. I was always by myself. I was always uh, very quiet. And then all of a sudden, I just get launched into this like very outward field right of yeah. like entertainment so you know it takes on a life of its own and so uh you know and then three years ago or i guess it'd be three years ago now i genuinely tried to bury him i tried yeah. to bury jay malone i didn't want anything to do with him yeah and and even said that like if this project doesn't work i will bury jay malone and then it didn't work and so i i, I guess i wasn't quite ready to let go of him because it was a really and still is a very difficult uh, or has been at least a very difficult process, and I and I think I also mentioned like I've learned now it's um you don't have to bury him you just learn to play with that external self right yeah um, he's a character in your life really. he's a character in your life yeah. and and that's what personality should be yeah. with every with everybody 
it, it's the problem is that if you identify with certain aspects of your personality, um, it doesn't give you the freedom to change things up. Well, that's kind of, you know, the, one of the things that I, I wanted to sort of cover tonight was like early recovery, and that kind of leads right into that. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that, uh, that first year or so after, after getting sober, uh, you're, literally, uh, you're literally on one of the steepest learning curves you can have as a human being. Mm -hmm. And I kind of I relate that to what you're going through to some, to some degree. Like, you know, you've, you've been one way for so long, yep. and you've done, and you've, and you've grooved it in your brain, you've yes. got that pathway in your brain, mm -hmm. you know, so clear that that's the way you operate, that's the way you function in the world, yep. and then all of a sudden you decide to make a change one day, yep. and you're standing in your skin, yep. but not having a clue as to how to move forward Holy from shit. that point. That that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So it it for me like that that the decision was necessary. It was either that or die in my case. Yes. But the 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 action of trying to find my way forward from that was was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and the fact of the matter was is that I was I was I had a good AA group, but uh, I sobered up in October. Mm -hmm. uh, we moved, I believe, back up to Kentville in April mm -hmm. uh, or May. Uh, so I'm only looking at maybe five or six months of that AA group, and yeah. then I was going to see a lot. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, most people who get into recovery uh, have a sponsor. They meet with them on a, on a sometimes a daily basis for a while, then a mm -hmm. weekly basis, and they can mine uh, the the recovery of other people going through that mm. process. I didn't have that. Yeah, you were just thrown right back out. So I, I was right back into living, trying to live in uh, a very addicted environment. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and, and find my own way through that. So it was a very um, hard thing to do, but I think the only thing that got me through it is I had totally accepted the fact that I couldn't ever drink again. I mm -hmm. just, it wasn't one of those things where, uh, it's funny because I, I see people in, in, in recovery, coming around recovery a lot, and they're continually craving uh, alcohol they're continually mm. uh going back into oh gee you know uh, you know i wish i could have or i wish i would have and for me it was like dude you drink you die yeah uh and so i i didn't crave that long i i, I never craved booze uh, after i made that decision it was mm. like you know anybody in their right mind and i was far from my right mind at that time but anybody in their right mind doesn't crave something that they know will kill them. Right. <clears throat> so then I had to then I had to literally uh, open myself up to uh, uh, people people in the program for sure. Yeah. But I had to open myself up to uh, other people that had nothing to do with addiction whatsoever. Yeah. And see, that's where my recovery really really started. 
So I had to rebuild myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I really do kind of, there's a lot of parallels. There is a lot us. of parallels. I mean, you know, for me, it wasn't a, a matter of life and death. Um, but it's funny because I, uh, not that, not that you would get more sympathy, but I feel like people would understand more your, your story. Yeah. D yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just in the, like mine really, mine makes no sense. To the outside observer, mine makes mm. no sense, and I I can't explain it. the The, the best I've tried to explain it is saying like, <clears throat> you know, the same feeling that I had when I was on stage that made me completely drop my life and pursue this you know ridiculous career uh, is the same reason I dropped the career to pursue whatever the fuck I'm yeah. up to now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like. Yeah. It, so, uh, but, but that doesn't ring any bells to anybody. Like people don't really, um, understand it. And then, and we're still, it's like, if you look at the decision on paper currently, uh, you know, it doesn't bear out as a decision. Yeah. Really? Like it's, um, I, I, I can't go around saying, uh, Hey guys, you should follow this path because currently this path, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend to anybody. So, um, mm. so coming back and, and. You know, and then also, I guess one of the differences would be: imagine if you earned a living by drinking. Well, a lot of a lot of uh, recovering people have earned a living. What do you mean? They're bartenders. They own oh, bars. Fair, they, fair. They, yeah, uh, yeah, right, right, they, right. They work ah. as uh, liquor salesmen. They work. Of I course, mean, they work with it all the time. Yes, yes. So, in, yeah. in, you know, and and in my case, mm. uh, the, the social aspect of drinking in the Navy was it wasn't. It wasn't uh, favored. It was expected. Right. So, you know, like I, I was, I was walking a very, uh, a very lonely path. Yeah. But at the same time, I plugged into, and and you're doing that right now. Like you've got said, Guru, you've got a different, a, a few different things that you're doing. Yeah. That are giving you guidance I did big, basically the same thing I yeah. mean I, I followed the recovery stuff mm -hmm. but I, as you know I mean I got into reading and listening to oh, tapes yeah, no, and, that was my whole childhood oh my remember. god I mean even when you were little I was listening to like Tony Robbins and yeah. and, and uh, Zig Ziglar and yeah. uh, uh, Wayne Dwyer and yep. all of those guys before they were who they are now yep. I was listening to them right uh, which is not I mean that's why I mean, I'm just ingrained with, with that, right? Yeah. Like I was essentially born into a seeking mindset. Mm. Um, I just didn't go inwardly. I was very closed off inwardly, I suppose. Like, especially once <clears throat> I turned away from the church, I was just like, no, no, this stuff's, this stuff's nonsense. Um, I, I can't even pretend. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm done. And, and then struggled. Like I, you know, I remember being depressed, like everything, it's funny, everything I'm going through right now is a parallel to what I was going through in high school, just as I was sort of coming out of that period in a very transitional point, because people, and then people are like, well, what are you going to do with your life? And I had no good answers. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, I find I'm in a very similar situation right now. But, um, uh, and yeah, again, like you're, 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 you're talking parallels, because mm -hmm. I, was, I was 16 when I started drinking. Mm -hmm. I was 26 when I sobered up, which meant I was still 16 years old. Uh, oh yeah, you want to talk parallels? I mean, yeah, it's it's funny it, because it's uh, the, li the life of a comedian—you don't <clears throat> grow up. 
No. You don't grow up. It's like you said to me, you, you lived a very charmed life. Yeah. And 100% I did. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't feel like that to the person living it because you, you, you're too close to the situation. You don't see it. Yeah. I didn't see it until I came home. And I'm like, oh, I see. Yeah. I see now. Like, uh, you know, you have this very fanciful idea of um, what things are. <clears throat> and again, it's like, it's like I say, it's like I, I, I've said before, you know, I, everything I've really put everything into in my life before has borne fruit. Like, mm. um, and so this, this like last endeavor, I guess it just sort of took me by surprise because I'm like, well, no, no, this will be fine. I'll just completely abandon everything I've done to get to this point. Um, and then, uh, go on this new path, whatever it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, it's good. You know, again, disillusionment, it, it sounds like a negative term term but um you don't want to be illusioned you don't want to have illusions you want to be disillusioned if you're looking for truth yeah. so but um, i mean again another parallel you were 39 40 when you decided to do this yeah well no i'm 30, five five years so 37 when i moved yeah home? yeah when did i do it 40 you switched careers totally yeah i mean yeah, yeah. to something that i i i i thought I would be good at yeah but I had no idea if I was yeah because I'd never done it before mm-hmm. and I'd left total security mm. you know uh, with a family of three kids Man. and uh, and 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 walked away from something that uh, that I could have done for another 10 or 15 years mm. and 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 walked away with a, a 70% pension of about 80 grand yeah, yeah. which would have set me up very yeah. nicely yeah but it just it didn't feel right at that time. I, I had to make a mm. choice. I had to make a jump. Yeah. So again, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Very, yeah. But it, the only difference is, I, I think, and I think this is where the pressure is more so for you, even though I jumped out and I was making like, you know, considerably less money, mm-hmm. I was still making a steady income. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what's difficult, I think. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I mean, I've never had a steady income. Yeah. So I'm, uh, you know, which, oh, the anxiety, the anxiety mm. in the early days. Like I remember, um, in terms of panic attacks, I mean, nothing near what I had a couple of years ago, but like, I remember being in Los Angeles and, uh, and just literally dropping to my knees in my bedroom in this, like, God knows what number apartment it was since I moved down there. But you know, you're, you're, everything's transient, right? So I was just like, I have no money. I have no money and I have no auditions. There's nothing on the back burner. How, like, what am I going to do? And I remember dropping to my knee. I couldn't breathe. And so, uh, like, I, there, I have so many stories. And literally, like, two days after that, I got, I got a call and said, uh, hey, Verizon's just giving you a commercial. Because I'd done a commercial for them. And they're like, and then all of a sudden, you go from nothing to, like, hey, are you the new Verizon guy? And I did, like, four or five commercials. Had the best year financially. And so stuff constant, like, it would, it would happen like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think it does for anybody that's throwing themselves in a direction, mm-hmm. you know, you maintain the course and doors will open. Yes, yeah. they'll close, but mm-hmm. it's like I always said, just open it a crack and I'll kick it open. <clears throat> um, and so, but now it's, uh, wow, like, you know, down there it was different because, or not even down there, but like Toronto, anything, when you're in a quote-unquote industry, especially if you're a performer, there's always things coming up, right? Like, the, yeah. the, your next opportunity is right around the corner. You, you can be in Shitsville, uh, it's like, I, when I kissed Pam, 
Um, so I'm, I'm kissing Pam Anderson on set uh, one day, and then I go to get a Subway sub, and my card was declined because I had no money in my account. So I'm, I'm kissing Pamela Anderson on a sitcom, yeah. and I have no money because I haven't been paid for this giant job that I'm currently doing. Right. So it's, these, it's this constant, like, um, yeah. you know, and, and, but now it's, no, I, I've stripped myself of those opportunities. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't even have an agent right now. And, um, and now it's like, okay, so before you left Los Angeles, in your head... In your heart, you thought, okay, I've, I've gotten to a level where I have a skill set. Yeah. So if you want to look at uh, Toronto and Los Angeles as like high school and college or <clears throat> college and a master's degree, yeah. uh, and now you're out in the world, uh, what are you going to do with that? So I, I have that. It's just I, what I didn't anticipate was all the issues that you flee from when you're a child mm. and you go out into the world and you find enough distractions and whatever to kind of forget that those issues were there mm. and then you return home and there's no hiding. There's no hiding from them. They crop up and you, you have to sink or swim. And, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I sank for the first yeah. year and a half, two years. Um, and I do feel like now I'm, I'm, I'm starting, you know, the, the slow, uh, climb back up, but, oh, but I think like, I think right now what you guys are, are working towards, uh, will pay dividends. I think so. I don't think there's, in my mind, there's no, no, no reason why it won't. No. The only thing that, 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 I mean, and, and the beauty of it is you over the last few years have made some serious contacts with some serious talented people yes in the local area yeah and the only thing that's really holding you guys back right now (laughs) is the vehicle yeah now you've kind of pitched the vehicle yeah and i think that all by itself can 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 move you out of where yep that you know, and then once you get out there, I mean, y- your buddy Mark now has got his own TV show on CBC, Cavendish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it the other night. It's typical him. Oh, it's, yeah, but he's, he's hysterically funny. He's so. funny, but yeah. he's just, he's so off the wall and yeah. so, you know. It's a really good, from what I've box. seen the ads, it's a really good character for him. Yeah, it's perfect for him. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there's a guy that went in and he did little, uh, little bit parts with uh, Jerry D's. Yeah, yeah. And like all of a sudden now he's, he's just done enough that people said take a chance on him. Yes. But I think what you have available, that storyline, the Jay Malone story, it's got to get out there, it's got to be told, and I think it will resonate. <coughs> yeah, crazy. I think so too. I just, uh, <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I think, I think I'm doomed to... Um, uh, a life of suffering until I can figure out how to separate myself from it. Because even as you're talking about that, and I, you know, kudos to him because, mm. you know, he's he's in the field I was in and super talented dude. Every time I worked with him, I remember once he did it just for last festival uh, thing. And just the way he ended his set was, was genius. And I, I remember I just went up to him afterwards and I was just gushing and he was just like, yeah, I just thought of that before I walked out for my gala. And I was like, you're such a piece of shit. But so kudos for him, hundred yeah. percent. It's not what I want now. When I say it's not what I want, um, I'm not saying the Jay Malone story and 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 doing that project isn't what I want. I think yeah. 
given given the only talent I have, which is right. uh, you know acting and the writing and just the the, the flowery nonsense. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, and then also my desire to to do something that resonates, something <clears throat> that will light a fire under me, that will continue the scripts coming and then continue me working. Yeah. I think that's the best possible thing I can do in terms of taking it to a network. Uh, or um, something along those prior lines. Yeah. That's the one thing that I continually inside I balk at. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily want to do because once you put you know your Jay Malone story in the hands of um, somebody who's who's really just and you know no fault of their own. That's mm. the current system trying to make money through advertising. That's mm. all. That's all they're doing. Uh, as I learned with the other show I was on. Um, it just, it, it, uh, it just takes a lot of the, I don't know, it takes, certainly it takes a lot of the artistic side of it away. But in not, terms if of trying to, not if you're like selling to Netflix or, or doing No, for like sure. That. But that's why I think what we'll do with it is try to, um, we're going to keep it small. Yep. We're going to start off with, uh, unfortunately the, the opening scene with the digging me up is, yeah. it's a bit of a complex, it's a tough scene to start with. Mm. So what I think I'm going to pitch is actually, I'm going to write a few scenes where it's just me talking to myself you know what I mean like um, uh, I can't remember I thought of something last night but just a couple of scenes where I'm sitting down across from myself talking so it's as if that scene has already happened just well, to kind of get the ball can, rolling like I said before it, it's sort of a time lapse you could do it, with it is. sort of a time lapse thing. yeah so there's nothing to stop you guys from until the weather changes. Yeah, yeah. Because we live in the frozen ground. white north. It's a tundra. And uh, literally, yeah. uh, you need a jackhammer and a backhoe to, to dig a six-inch <laughs> yeah. hole right now. Yeah. So, you know, <coughs> uh, yeah. I, that's a little bit far-fetched, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. not that far. Uh, so, but I mean, you can do all the other things. Oh, yeah. We can certainly start to, getting to, it ready to, at least. To do all that stuff. And then when the, the weather changes, which is really now... Oh, Two months away. Yeah. So March, April. Yeah. So get all the the ducks in line. <clears throat> get all the other stuff done, and yeah. then it's just that final scene. Then you're off to the races. And that's all it is. It's just a you know the the, the, first the all scene, the friction. In actual fact. All the friction is in you know first pushing right the very yeah. first push. So once things start rolling, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, again, I'm I'm just all I'm I'm trying to do at this point is. Um, it's like you said, develop a platform where you can then pursue the things you want to pursue. Absolutely. Um, because the second, the, and, and literally like the last two years, all I've been, my brain, all my brain has been trying to do from the second somebody stops talking to me um, till I lose consciousness at night is figure out how do I use the skills I have to make the story of this shithead basically stalking a mystic from South India, interesting enough that people would want to actually help that happen. Hmm. Really. And uh, I, I remember I reached out to my ex-wife about the idea, and uh, she's a she was my manager. It's a whole... We don't need to get... You want to talk about recovery? Uh, be managed by your ex-wife, who was my wife at the time. Anyway, uh, she's she's great. It was literally like... I don't even remember watching that Seinfeld episode where it was like, they were both just like, uh, hey, so we're done, right? Yeah, we're done. It was the amicable breakup. That's essentially what we went through. It's yeah. like, hey, we realize this isn't anybody's fault, right? But we're heading in different directions, so um, good luck with everything. Yeah. And that's sort of how it went down. So anyway, I, I, I pitched her the idea, and uh, because she's like right in, the, she's in the Hollywood know, and she said, uh, she's like, it's interesting, but no one wants to see stories like that unless it's like a star, like somebody that people already know, or a train wreck. 
And she's like, and you're neither. And I'm like, well, don't, don't uh, cross train wreck off that <laughs> list. You haven't been around me for a couple of years. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's, uh, so it's, it's just been trying to, to figure that out. And then it's like, do you just go for it or not? And um, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm in a position right now to go for it. Um, which is why I feel like this is actually a nice transition. Yeah. I feel like because this is actually, you know, a conversation that we'll be sharing yeah. uh, with people that is certainly a different side of me than I've shared with people before. Yeah. Uh, certainly a different side than I shared <clears throat> last night when I went and performed at a fundraiser. Um, you know, doing my typical stand-up comedy and, and <laughs> looking out at the crowd and seeing just like, they were there for music. It was uh, my, my, uh, a friend of mine from high school. Um, he has a, a, a particular um, affliction that is attacking his eyesight, essentially. So he's, uh, he's losing that. But there's been um, progress in, in terms of uh, coming up with a fix for that. And so he was holding a fundraiser because he's a phenomenal musician. And I was like, hey, man, if there's anything I can do to help. And he's like, uh, yeah, you just come out and uh, you want to do a, a spot before we, before we get up and, and do our music? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I got sick and the kids were sick. And so anyway, I go down and... Um, I get up on stage and I was, was telling dad last night, it's, it's a difficult thing when a stand-up comedy is difficult to begin with, even at the best of times, yeah. you throw somebody up on stage <clears throat> in front of an audience that isn't there to see stand-up comedy. They're there to listen to a big band with like 16 people, right? Uh, to raise money for, for, um, essentially blindness. And, uh, it makes it much more difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I will say it's a difficult thing like that was the other the sort of struggle I have is I've had to just eat it I just have to eat the fact that a lot of the stuff that I'm doing on stage um, certainly doesn't resonate with that other side of me that wants to you know I mean it's hard to describe I guess but like um, you know the the Buddha like uh, when he talks about like you know you got to be really careful like in terms of what you say what what you say and what you put out there uh, is is very important, um, and I feel like as a stand up comedian, well, what what am I saying? Like, what 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 am I putting out there? Like, okay, sure, uh, uh, you know, I'd say three quarters of the people last night had a great time, and they laughed really hard. I got a couple applause breaks. I had a good time, but I've even said it on stage. There's like, you know, there's like a quarter or a third of you out there that aren't too sure what's going on right now, and the lights were all on, so I could yeah. see their faces, right. and I'm just like. That bothers me. It bothers me when people aren't enjoying right. what I'm doing. It's, it's always bothered me. Yeah. Like if I'm on stage and there is one person who's not laughing, I immediately, I dial right into that one person. Right. And it used to affect me on stage to the degree where I would have to call them out on it and just be like, is, like so now what I've done is I've stopped the show. Everybody else is having a good time. They don't see this person's face. They don't know anything about this person. And so it was one of the things I had to learn where it's like, no, no, it's, you know, you, you tell yourself different things. It's their problem. It's whatever. But that's not the the, the crux of it. The crux of it is um, they're not enjoying it. Why? And I right. don't like when people feel uncomfortable. So that's another thing I guess I'm trying to deal with when I'm on stage because I just don't have it in me to be like, well, fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though if I was to sit with them, like we have close friends you guys have close friends that were like, uh, have never come to see me because they just don't like the swearing. Yeah. We have a problem with the swear. Why does he have to swear? 
Yeah. And it's like, fair enough. Part of me completely agrees with you, actually. Part of me thinks, um, you know, swearing is like the first line of defense between civilization and the jungle. Okay. Okay? Interesting. Because it's, um, it's once, you, once you start swearing in front of your kids, everything, everything you do, your kids do twice as good as you. Yes. So you're going to get fuck this and fuck this right back at you. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, you know, what's, uh, so now we're swearing in front of older people. Now we're swearing when we're just out. It's fuck this, fuck that everywhere, yeah. right? It just becomes part of it. Well, once that crack happens, then, then what's the next one? Right. Right? There's no sense of common, uh, I'll say decency. I'll say decency. Yeah. Um, and so, but then the other side of me, which you said, is like the well-worn tracks of being a comedian. Mm. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. That's how I talk. Yeah. That's how I talk. And three quarters of these people are laughing. So too bad. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, when Trump is being an asshole on stage, <clears throat> three quarters of his audience is into it as well. Yeah. It's well, a pretty I... shitty justification for what you're saying by just saying the majority of people are behind it. So these are the things that I legitimately struggle with. Yeah, and, and and it's it's funny because like, and I've said to you before. I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. I've said to you before, and, and you know I'm gonna say it. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> do a totally clean set. I know. I know. Oh. It, like some of the funniest people I remember growing up mm. were totally clean. Yeah. You know, I mean, looking at Cosby. Forget Cosby. <laughs> but I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at. Like, I'm looking at Red Skelton. Mm. I'm looking at, you know... Brian Regan is the best example for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's it's doable, and people are doing it. Yeah. It's just that you've <laughs> talked yourself into buying into the fact that this is how it has to be, mm. when it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It's laziness. It's laziness because I haven't actually sat down. I don't craft my jokes anymore. I re- and you know this. Yeah. Something will happen, right. and I'll be like, oh, that was funny. And then you'll come to a show that night, and I'll do three minutes on, on what happened, yeah. and essentially find the, the material. Yeah. And then every time I get up, I'll, I'll loosen it up a little bit, and I'll throw something new in, and I'm like, oh, that one worked, so I'll just keep that. Mm. So I write as I'm on stage, which is a very lazy way of doing stand-up comedy. Right. It's, uh, so, you know, certainly one of my goals is to sit down and, um, and, and write a show from, from start to finish. Well, I think you could you could take what you've got right now, especially the kids stuff. Yeah. And just take that swearing out of that. But listen, and make them hilarious. There, but listen, there and this is my problem because I'm sitting here complaining about it, but there is a part of me that does take some satisfaction. Oh, you shock factor. For the, but yeah, because those people, <clears throat> those same people that it, uh, that half of me was upset because they're upset. Um, also caused me to do material that I but said I wasn't going to do yeah. because I read the crowd and I'm like, no, these guys aren't going to dig me talking about Jeanette getting her cervix stitched to her v- vaginal wall. They're just not going to go. And, and then there I am on stage and I'm looking at their faces and I'm like, so I'll tell you a little story about <laughs> And it's like, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. But part of me, part of me enjoys it, I guess. Yeah. Part of me gets a little something out of it. Well, there's the, there's, there is the shock factor. I mean, yeah. that's... But it's all true. That's the other thing. And I keep saying that to people like, listen, you can't get offended. You, you, yeah. These are true stories that happened to me. Yeah. So what, my life offends you? Well, too bad. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, and it, I, I think, you know, it's, oh, it's hard because it's like, 
it's just one of many things that I, I would like to do is mm-hmm. to sit down and write uh, uh, you know a piece of stand-up from start to finish but I'm in business school right now essentially I mean I'm not really but I'm, I'm trying to learn uh, how to market all these other things that I have going on and so it's just right. this um, and then you know you know we've been sick and blah 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 Jeanette's been right. away and so but we're we are maintaining I think um, you know our, our New Year's resolution of uh, trying to stay on track and um, keep lists. I don't know. Nobody wants to listen to this, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's tricky, but I I do feel like it's uh it's getting better. You know, in terms of like um, uh, moving forward. But it was funny because you were saying I was gonna mention this before. You were talking about like when I was a kid and stuff, and you were like listening to tapes and stuff. And so last night, Zayn and my daughter was uh you know they're upset because their mom's not here and stuff, and so she couldn't really sleep and I'm like okay come in with me and she's like and she gets really excited and you know she gets to be in mommy and daddy's bed and so but I was listening to said guru I go to sleep listening to said guru mostly uh which is terrible because I don't sleep I don't sleep until it's over I can't fall asleep listening to said guru you know what I mean I got bored listening to the enlightened being just passed out <laughs> yeah just yeah no uh but anyway so she was it was so cute because I I've introduced the the kids to him like every yeah. once in a while like I'll be listening to him in the car or something and I'll show his picture because they get a kick out of his picture because he's yeah. got the big white beard right yeah. and uh, so anyway we laid down and I and I said okay now you know I'll give you a kiss and you you go to sleep and we're gonna listen um, uh, we're gonna listen to some stuff so I turn it on and she uh, I didn't tell her it was said guru and she goes uh, oh, daddy is this said gugu <laughs> I died. I died. I'm like, yes, Zena, it said Gugu. She's like, I love his beard. And that was it. She went to sleep. Yeah. But I like the idea of them listening to to that. You know I, what I mean? I like think, that's... Yeah, I mean, I, listen, any positive input that you can slap inside your dome, <laughs> it's got to be helpful. Well said. Well, eh? said. well said. Slap inside your dome. But I mean, that's... I did that. I, I force-fed myself with that stuff. Yeah. Because again, a lot of the stuff I was doing, I was flying solo. Yeah. Uh, by choice, I, I I guess in a way. Well, by nature, I think. By nature and by choice, because, you know, I, I I'm I'm a. One of my buddies put up something on on the uh, Crosby website, and he said, uh, uh, I I I have a lot of friends, but very few people know me. Yes. And I like that idea. And it's it's true for me. I think there's only maybe two or three people that I would consider friends. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it's it it's it takes a lot of it takes so much positive to overcome negative that if you're not doing that, you're continually dropping down into mm-hmm. that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, as and uh, I did a. The colored water thing I've done before mm. with with, with uh, and I think I've showed it to you guys. Yeah, <clears throat> just uh, you know, getting negative input from people and putting drops of uh, food coloring in a in a <coughs> half a glass of water, uh, within a short time that you can't see through it. And I've probably said this before, but I think it bears repeating. Uh, you know, and and then putting the same amount of clear water drops does nothing. Mm. Uh, then filling the glass up literally does nothing and then overflowing it like four or five times before the water even clears it's a clear illustration i think of how much positive input is required Mm. to overcome negative thinking 
Mm-hmm. And as you know, I'm a pretty positive thinking guy. Yes. Uh, and I, I really, and I'll pride myself on it, but I really work hard at staying that way. Yes. Because if I don't, I'll slide backwards. Mm. And that's not moving forward, that's moving backwards. Yeah. And that, that for me is very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with my hands in front of a, a tape here, which is, I think is kind of funny. <laughs> and you're referring to a digital mechanism of recording as a tape. Yeah. So <laughs> That should give you an idea of where yeah. I'm at from. Yeah. Where I comes from. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, so then, or like with early recovery, yeah. um, what are the keys? Like, what are the keys, do you think, to... Uh, early recovery like is there any sort of a baseline thing that people should I think what most people miss in early recovery is they uh, they, they, they they get to a point where they're comfortable mm. and then they stop right and with with addiction especially I guess life yeah in general, I was gonna say that <clears throat> life in general uh, if you stop progressing in life, then literally everything else is moving beyond you. Yeah. And I think that in early recovery, I, I see what a lot of people do. Uh, you know, a lot of them, you know, can talk the talk. It's easy to talk the talk. Mm. Because, I mean, somebody that goes to, you know, uh, 20, 30 meetings of, of recovery can talk the talk. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of those people also fall backwards. And yeah. I don't call it relapse because I, I think most of them were never in solid recovery. Mm. But uh, early recovery is what Ernie Larson calls it, stage one and stage two recovery. Stage one is breaking the primary addiction. That's mm. the active addiction. You're breaking it. Mm-hmm. Which goes to that painting I want to do. Uh, the hand of recovery is always there but you have to crawl out of your addiction before you can hold the hand. Right. So I think in, in, in early recovery, it's like you've committed to not going backwards, you've committed to going forwards, and you've been able to reach out and hold the hand of recovery in whatever form that takes, whether it be within the, the uh, 12-step movement or psychiatry or, or psychology, uh, but you've also dedicated yourself to change. Mm. And I think that's where most people stop. They, they'll get so far to where they're feeling okay, yeah. and then it's done. And then they just kind of go through the, the, the routine. They go through their meetings. They, I mean, and they're healthier. There's no question about it. Mm. Their lives have gotten better. Mm. But for me, I don't think I could have handled doing that. I think I had to be somebody who is like, okay, what's next? You know, who do I who do I get information from now? Yeah. Uh, and I, I started looking at all that stuff. <clears throat> I mean, when you're listening to the the sound of waves, and inside the sound of waves are subliminal messages. Mm. You're searching, brother. Yes. You know, so, but I think a lot of people in early recovery don't get to that point where they're mm. willing to really seek, and I love that that term mm-hmm. seek what's next what's better what how can I improve myself well yeah and I think um, I think to a certain degree comfort is the death of growth oh I think so um, yeah and you know my message to anyone who's listening 
uh, who, who finds themselves in a, you know, well, life's pretty good right now. I got a good job. I got uh, my, my family. Everything's going pretty well. Now is the time to do the inner work. Yeah. Because um, when shit happens, when life goes sideways, and oh, it will, mm-hmm. it simply will, um, it's, it's awful difficult to seek those tools while things around you are, you know, shattered. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, uh, so yeah, for sure, I think. But it's uh, sometimes it's in that desperation where you do seek out and reach. I mean, it, it's oh it's, no, no question. It, it's it, it just sucks that we have to get to that point. Is all I'm saying. Like it'd be it'd be much nicer if if just consciously you were aware um, of of the limitations you've imposed on yourself. Well, I think that's true. Like I, I always tell, <laughs> I used to tell people all the time when I was I was doing sessions, and I'd say, look, some things you accept. I accept the fact that I'll never be a jockey. I'm not built for it, right? It's yeah. just impossible for me to be a jockey. Right. But it doesn't limit me for anything else that I can actually physically or mentally or spiritually do. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I, I, I have an open-ended uh, uh, opportunity mm-hmm. to discover uh, more about myself, but more about everything else. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm continuously reading. I think that's why I'm continuously... Um, you know, it's why we're doing this. Yeah, that's why I've written the book. Uh, do, even doing the book, which was basically my story, mm. I picked up a lot of cool things that I I really hadn't been aware of before that. Yeah, because you're looking at it in a different way, even totally if it's just way. you know words on a piece yeah. of paper. Yeah, it's just a different perspective. So it's been uh, yeah, but but getting back to early recovery, early recovery recovery for me was. Uh, it was a pretty uphill struggle. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you got to look at early recovery and, and just not just stopping your drinking. you got to look at early recovery as uh, finding out who you are, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, uh, developing a different relationship with everybody around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's developing... Which a lot of them aren't going to even accept, right? Some of them don't. Some of them never, never will. Mostly, I was pretty fortunate that way because I think, I mean, even Marion, God bless her, Jude's mom, who didn't have, you know, a lot of time for me. Mm. But uh, after I recovered, after I was sober for a long time and I was really changing, mm. even she came around. Yeah. But the, 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 the other side of it, that's relationships. But then there's work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked in a blatantly alcoholic environment yeah and I did for another 14 years yeah so I stayed within that environment mm-hmm. for 14 years but managed to uh, navigate great mm-hmm. word for a Navy guy yeah uh, navigate uh, that world too uh, to the point where uh, I think I, I I earned a lot of respect from a lot of the people who knew me previously yeah uh, so that part of it and What's the other one? I, had? I think I had something else down here. I was going. To... <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, managing fear. Oh Jesus! When, when you when you sober up, yeah, you are a fear based animal. Yeah, uh, and and it, it 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 takes time to for me. It took time for me to uh, very slowly, mm-hmm. very slowly uh, get to the point where I became less fearful and then eventually over years you know it took some time but to the point where um, 
I don't have a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, and, and, and that took a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun. How do you have fun? Mm. When you've programmed yourself to have fun only one way, mm. and then you all of a sudden jerk that rug out from underneath you, how mm. are you supposed to have fun? Oh, yeah. How do you yeah, know? Yeah, which everyone needs. Yeah. It's a, how do you know what, how do you know what fun is? Right. Because you've only looked at it through the prism of, of, of addiction. Right. Fun mm-hmm. for me, in my addiction, was horrible. Mm-hmm. It was treating people horribly. It was acting horribly. It was it was that that was my Release. view of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm sober. I can't do that stuff anymore. Mm. I don't want to do that stuff anymore. Very similar to where you're at. Yeah. But how do I find what's fun? It took me. I I, I hate to put time on it mm. because my timelines are so warped yeah, yeah. but it took me a considerable amount of time after I was sober to uh, uh, give myself permission to be happy Yeah, and that was a weird thing to have to do but I had to be able to do that in order to start to enjoy family mm. uh, the only thing that I really enjoyed and I can honestly say this the only thing that gave me any joy was sports. Yeah. And the only reason it gave me joy was because I think it was the endorphin rush. Takes you out of yourself. And it and it was it living in the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's another reason for me in particular that um, I I learned to live in the moment from mm-hmm. participating in all the different sports that I did. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know opportunities. I mean I I. I, I, I took chances because mm-hmm. I think addiction is uh, somebody who is a uh, risk taker by nature mm-hmm. uh, and then when I sobered up I was fearful so I didn't take risks I was very very cautious I was very very aware mm-hmm. of uh, you know of, of where this could lead yeah so I walked a very fine line and then I got to the point where okay uh, I gave myself permission to have fun I gave myself permission uh, to take some calculated chances, mm. and then I took some chances that weren't so calculated. And they, they yeah, but ass. is that because you think you you? Because I found this with myself in terms of taking chances. Like you lo- you you've lost the confidence in your own decision making. Oh, I think is that so. part of it. I think that's part of it. I think confidence, um, confidence is gained over time with smaller successes, and as I gain minor successes along the way I also gain confidence along with that mm. uh, but I crashed and burned in, in, in a couple of business ventures that I just about killed myself trying to do Yeah. but you know all that proved to me is that that was not the avenue mm-hmm. I, I really do think that uh, I, I'm somebody that as you know <clears throat> if if I get a, a burn on to try to do something, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Uh, and if it fails, I've learned f- through trial and error mm-hmm. that the failure doesn't represent me. It represents a, 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 an opportunity or it represents something that didn't work. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't reflect on me as a person. That takes a while. Oh, I haven't gotten that yet. No, and and, and I didn't for jeez, man. I mean, you think of the Amway and uh, the Shackley and uh, all of these other ventures that I went down the rabbit hole chasing them. Mm. Uh, 
you know, I, I had to walk away with my tail between my legs and yeah. say, guess what? I, I'm no good at this. Right. So I, I, I chose not to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean, and I'll say this very op, very, very bluntly, that if I felt if the right opportunity come, that I wouldn't give it a shot. Yeah. But I mean, that, that takes time. But because I, I know that to fail does not represent who I am, it just represents uh, an incident in my life. Yes. Well, the good news for you is that you already have the opportunity. The opportunity is your book. Because the other things you were selling is somebody else's business, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm, I can't, and part of that whole sales thing for me was that the sneakiness of getting in front of people. Shackley, not so much. But the other ones were all kind of, you know, well, I've, you know, and telling this long, just come out and tell people what the hell you're doing. Yeah. And be done with it. If they don't yeah. want to listen, hey, no problem, man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, um, with this, I think it's, um, oh, this, this, this I do believe. And I, I believe that uh, this is helpful. Like, uh, again, referring to my buddy Dunk, he, uh, he's also, he, he said to me in the, the same, um, same message that he asked me, you know, like, this needs to be in front of, of uh, somebody in the Ministry of Health. Like, they need to hear your, your story. And I, I wrote him back and I said, the Ministry of Health used to talk like this. This used to mm. be how they talked before yeah. until they got uh, a, a new uh, rabbit hole for them to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, you know, like this is, no, uh, we don't listen to this because this is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all harm reduction now. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, until enough people suffer, and I think that's what I wrote them back. I yep. said, until enough people suffer and enough noise is 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 garnered because of it mm-hmm. uh you won't see any change mm-hmm. because i mean once you have uh bought into a method or method mm-hmm. methodology which the government has mm-hmm. uh, they can't be seen to be oh gee, yeah, yeah. Made a mistake yeah yeah how many politicians do you ever hear say gee i made a mistake not many which is a shame because <clears throat> you know i, I, I vote off. for that sucker oh yeah for sure but it's um it's just the the nature of human interaction now and how quickly things can change how quickly you know proper and improper information can be shared um it it's a shame that we can't very quickly adapt to our situation you know what i mean mm. because oh things things could get much better in the fastest way in history if, i think here's here's a here's a, a a cool idea i think every politician should be in recovery <laughs> yeah, interesting. Wouldn't that be a, a, a... Hey, listen, I made a mistake there. Sorry about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I did this and I did that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's it's the beauty of... What an of, interesting idea. That yeah. every politician, yeah, would have to go through, a, like, a, the, the tw- almost like a 12-step process, right? Yeah. To just uh, l- lay bare your, the skeletons in your closet. I um, watched... Jesus, uh, 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 it was on the other night... Um, James Taylor? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say James Taylor. Okay. I shot the sheriff, James Taylor. Oh, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah. Hey? You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, anyway. Uh, he was... 
is probably one of the best guitarists on the planet. Mm. He, uh, he, he played for, you know, like some of the big bands, but he was also on his own. He, uh, he got sober uh, and shortly after he got sober, he had to get sober because he was dying. Mm -hmm. But uh, shortly after he got sober, his son fell to his death from the 53rd floor of a hotel. Mm. Uh, four years old, five years uh, old, something like that. Is that Clapton? Was Clapton, that Clapton? Eric Clapton. Yeah, yeah. Eric Clapton. Uh, I knew that didn't ring a bell. Yeah. But anyway, he stayed sober through all that, uh, and he now has a treatment center open and the Atiguas for people who don't have money to get recovered. Mm. <clears throat> and I just, I just thought of... of of that in the aspect of and now he speaks from mm -hmm. a place of experience politicians I believe this is just my idea politicians don't speak from experience mm. they speak from what people want to hear yeah which has got nothing to do with reality no anyway mm. I don't know where that came from but well I'll add this thought. Uh, the thought to, to chew on as we wrap this up um, it used to be that we had politicians because people lived in rural areas and they would choose a person in the rural area from, say, uh, <clears throat> somebody who ran a farm. Hey, Jerry. Jerry's a real sensible guy. Send him on a train once a week yeah. to go to where all the other Jerry's uh, get together yeah. and they hash out what is this union we have called democracy and then they head back and they inform their constituents and they get back on the fucking farm, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need that anymore. No. We don't need that anymore because the people in rural communities and cities can talk to themselves. Yeah. You don't have to send a representative out to get up to God knows what to make their entire career yeah. bullshit. Well, and, and look at look at how badly it's being used and abused. Oh, big time. But we're allowing it to happen, so it's yeah. our fault. Anyway, um, that's, that's what we really want to... Uh, that's the message we want to get across. Everything that's happened to you right now is your fault. Um... <laughs> And so uh, the best thing in the world to do is to look at your life, not just your life, I think, but yourself, and say, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't have the answer. Because yeah. that is the first step towards genuine seeking. And the only way you're ever going to find any answers is if you get to a point, uh, and you come from a place, I think, of humility, recognizing that uh, you, you, you just don't know where to start, and, and that's where you start. Yeah. That's that's so. the one thing I, I, I think recovery taught me right off the get go is the fact that I actually know very little. Yeah. Well, it took me a long time of talking like I knew a lot to realize I didn't really yeah. know anything. But it's uh yeah. Yep. So good good way to end it. Uh, I feel like I talked too much about my own nonsense tonight. Um, I think we all had our chances to yak, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it was a very unstructured week for me. So I'm glad you had some stuff written down to chat about because well, I didn't I had, really have anything I had, coming uh, in. I had uh, th three sentences. <laughs> well, there you go. And, and we we killed an hour. <laughs> we plus. did an hour plus. Yeah. All right, so that's the fourth episode of the Just Recovery podcast. Um, uh, if you have any questions or comments, um, reach out in whatever means I provide. <laughs> I still don't really know what that's going to be yet. but uh, And keep an eye out. I guess we're going to try to do some live stream sessions. It might be nice to actually have these out, and maybe some people have listened to them, before, you know. Yeah, that'd be and, awesome. And then, and then yeah. you know, they're going to hear this and then be like, oh, I'd like to ask them a question. When do you guys go on? Well, yeah, so. why don't we do that? Why don't we uh, get these out? Yeah. And then uh, as soon as they're out, uh, just say, yeah, okay, folks, uh, now 
our next podcast uh, will be, you know, whatever. At the end of the podcast, we're just going to go online live stream. And yep. if anybody wants to ask questions on anything we've done to this point, yep. fire away. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, cool. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. Later. See you next week.